You need a phone system for your practice, but most of the options out there are just going to leave you breaking all sorts of HIPAA regulations, most of which you might not even know about. So whether you're communicating with your clients or about your clients internally between your team members, you need to make sure that your client's information is completely secured. So meet Spruce, a HIPAA-compliant communication system that offers secure client calling, messaging, telemedicine, and even team chat. Spruce even signs business associate agreements at no extra charge for you. Spruce is completely dedicated to one thing, making sure that you, your team, and your clients are completely covered. Spruce is a fantastic alternative, a fantastic option for your phone system. And I highly, highly recommend uh, getting in touch and seeing if this is the product for you. Get 20% off your first year of Spruce using the link sprucehealth.com forward slash PPW. Again, that's sprucehealth.com forward slash PPW. All right, we've got a great show for you today. Let's dive in. All right, Guy, welcome to the show, and um, thanks for your willingness to turn the camera on. That was something I I didn't quite prepare you for. Yeah. but you, did, you didn't at all prepare <laughs> me for um, In fact, you told me it wasn't going to be video. No, it's, it's, I really uh, I enjoy kind of uh, the spontaneity of it, so definitely. Yeah, let's, let's the mirror, mirror neurons fly, right? I mean, it's... <laughs> Definitely gives us a lot more inform, you know, visual information to work with, um, besides just having our audio. But yeah, I appreciate you uh, being up for the um, the the video element today. So I'm excited to have you on, man. And I've um, I've actually known about you for a number of years, which was so funny when you reached out, and I'm like, of course I'd love to have you on. Um, awesome. I've been kind of following you along and seeing like the evolution of of your work and your podcast and um, it's just been really neat to see. So for those of you who, for those who don't know kind of what you've been up to or what you do, can you, can you kind of fill us in and start there? Of course. So, um, I mean, you're referring to my podcast. I think the trauma therapist podcast I have, um, I started, um, a site, the trauma therapist project a couple years back to really support, uh, and inspire, uh, trauma therapists and to bring an awareness of trauma. I was, uh, well, <laughs> uh, you know, I was in school, I was training, I was doing my training in graduate school and I knew I'd, I was always interested in, uh, trauma and, um, I, well, do you want me to just keep going here? Yeah, can, this is great. Okay. And this so, is stuff that I don't know either. Okay. <laughs> so you know, I was uh, doing my different practicum and my uh, pre-doc internships and so forth. And um, uh, I started taking this uh, uh, trauma course, a sensory motor psychotherapy course. Pat Ogden started sensory motor psychotherapy. It just blew me away. Um, uh, my brother had come back from Iraq uh, as, a, as a Navy SEAL, just jacked up with PTSD. Mm. And I didn't know what to do. And I, I was like doing everything the wrong way. I was just pestering him and, you know, trying to force him to talk and everything. 
And then when I got out of school, I got a job, um, which I had been working at in the last five years at a clinic in California. And we were seeing us kind of assessing and working with kids who were showing early signs of psychosis. And not surprisingly, there's a, a lot of trauma there. And part of the job, John, is taking these calls from teachers and parents and so forth, referral calls, right? And you're doing these, um, I've got this hair on my <laughs> eyebrow. You've got these, uh, you, you're doing a phone screen and you're finding out what's going on. And 99.9% of the time, there's trauma. Yeah. Crazy stuff. And you're like, finally, I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then, so you have, at the end of the call, you've got this um, screen with all these crazy symptoms going on. And then, you know, a week later, the kid walks in and it's this little kid. <laughs> it's just, just, yeah. just like, you know, it's this normal looking kid, yeah. normal kid. But all this other stuff has happened to them, which inevitably, and of course, it's not a, always a direct line, but for the most part, that's really what started it. And I was like, and then at, at the same time, really, I was doing a lot of commuting too. So, and I was always thinking about my clients, what wasn't I doing, what should I have been doing, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, you know, and I was listening to this podcast, um, not not necessarily mental health podcasts, but other podcasts, business podcasts, sure. these people being interviewed with these entrepreneurs doing amazing things with their lives. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if I started my own podcast and I had like a seasoned therapist there beside me. And this one thing came uh, came after the other. You know, I'd never started a podcast, yeah. and uh, so anyway, such that, a, that was kind of such a fascinating journey, right? So, from picking up on trauma, you know, where it was likely to be overlooked, um, to realizing that there was a lot more you could do with your your learnings about trauma, and also, um, it's amazing you you just kind of became this entrepreneur along the way, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what happened. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're opening up a lot of doors here. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's true, you know, and a lot of different threads of um, my, uh, what I like to think of my strengths or my passions come into play with this, um, with, with this, with this project and the work I'm doing now. So did you did you do something before being a, becoming a therapist? Well, yeah. I mean, I um, when I graduated high school, I went to Philadelphia College of Art, which was Philadelphia College of Art, probably now 20, 25 years ago. And then I dropped out after a year. So and then I was out of school for <clears throat> excuse me eighteen years. So uh -huh. during that time, I was playing music, and then I was writing fiction. Um. And then, um, yeah, what happened was <laughs> I, um, was, was writing fiction. I was working on this book that I, I never got published. Uh -huh. I was, this was in Los Angeles and I was sitting down at the end of the day. It was really quiet and I got this phone call and it turned out to be this woman I had worked with in San Francisco, um, couple years prior and we had kind of lost contact but she was calling all of her friends to tell them that she had had she'd been living with AIDS for nine years right. and basically she was calling people to say goodbye and I was like just 
I mean, you, you get this call and you're like, holy yeah. crap, what is going on here? This woman, John, had so much strength and composure and courage in the way that she was dealing with this. I got off the phone and I was like, there's no way I have that strength. But I had been writing about that type of kind of inner strength. And at that point, I was like, I need to find that in myself. And that kind of led me on these different adventures and courses to really find that for myself. And during one of these courses, which was a, a survival course, one of the guys got really sick, one of the other members, and I, uh, myself and this other uh, member, carried this guy and tried to help this guy. And, and that was the moment, like, this is what I want to do wow. with my life. I want to help people in, in, in these kind of dire situations. Sure, so. sure. Talk about how what you're doing now is an extension of that, right? Because you got into this to help people, and now you also, you know, you help therapists be better trauma therapists. So how how you know, what's it like to be in this realm now? And how does it, how do you stay connected to that original kind of inspiration? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And that's kind of like the magic question because, um, <laughs> you know, for me, I think as, as, you know, I just feel like I'm doing what I, I mean, I know I'm doing what I love doing, yeah. but I feel like I'm doing what I, should be doing, which is I'm not doing therapy now. I was doing therapy, but I'm kind of like bringing people together and getting in there kind of like you're doing now. You're asking these really good questions that are opening up all these like little doors. (laughs) And I, I love doing that. And, um, you know, when I was kind of going back to to grad school and, and my, uh, one of my internships, you know, you see trauma all around and a lot of clinicians for whatever reason, it's kind of trauma is like the hot potato. Sure. It's sure. Like we all kind of know it's there and it's really difficult for a lot of people to handle. And for me, it certainly was. And that just became something that I wanted to get in there and, and do because I was that the people that I'm helping now or trying to help was me. I was that person. Sure. You know, I wanted to do it, but didn't know how to do it. And so I've, I've ended up interviewing all these people who, uh, have had that experience too. You know, they just start and they don't know what the heck they're doing and things evolve. I'm just really curious to ask you this because, um, you know, I, I see a very small handful of clients myself now, which, um, you know, was a transition, right? From going from being a therapist full time. I, well, when I lived in San Francisco, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I lived out there and I had a practice in San Francisco and I worked for agencies out there for a number of years. Um, so I was just a therapist, you know, for many years until transitioning into this, um, this other world of podcasting and running an online business and digital marketing and branding and all this craziness. So, um, but something I realized actually, excuse me, when I arrived to Charlotte was that um, I didn't really have something concrete to offer um, mm-hmm. my trauma clients. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't name myself as a trauma therapist, but inevitably, as you know, and as all therapists know, it ends up in the room, right? And it can look like a lot of different things. And so something I did when I got here is I went and got EMDR trained, um, which has been 
really wonderful and just gave me that sense of like, okay, I finally have a tool or something to offer rather than just sitting there and having the client relive the horrible, unthinkable shit that happened. And then as a therapist going, that sounds really hard. And inside, you know, you're going, I don't know what else to do with this. And now the client's walking out of the session completely dysregulated and, and they're, they're no better off. In fact, they might be a little worse, right? Because it's not necessarily helpful to just have them sit there and relive it. You know what I mean? So I forgot what my question was, but my (laughs) question is like, you know, it's important to have something to offer, offer trauma, you know, clients with trauma. If you don't have something like that to offer, what do you, what do you recommend for a therapist or like what, where can they start or should they crack that door open with clients if they're not really ready to kind of work through the trauma? That's an awesome question. And the, the, uh, I'm not going to say the answer, but certainly one of the answers <laughs> is kind of just what you're alluding to and, and that it's, it's going to come in the room. Yeah. Um, and n- knowing that, giving that it's, it's, uh, a therapist's duty to be informed yeah. and it, it's not always going to look like, you know, you're not always going to have some combat veteran walking in your room. Sure. Who's, or someone's been smacked by a Mack truck, but it, it can come in the forms, uh, it may look like depression or anxiety. It had that flavor to it. And it's, it's just simply getting educated. That's part, that's part of it. The other part is knowing that it's the work that the trauma worker does on them, him or herself. Right. That's a big part of it too, because as one of my guests said, um, a lot of my guests have said, people know, clients know if, you know, you can quote unquote, take, take it. If you can handle they're, it. Yeah. They're always, if you can handle it. Yeah. And if they think you can't, they're not going to open up. Right. You know, so there's, so the, the a big part of this, this equation and the relationship is as a therapist, as a counselor, whatever, being able to to sit with that, and that requires you or all the all the listeners, everyone who's doing this stuff, to to hold up the mirror to themselves and say, okay, you know, w- what about my my presence, my level of authenticity, my willing to sit, my willing to hear? Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started, when I first decided to, to, to pursue this path, um, to get a degree. Again, I knew I wanted to do trauma, but I was scared about what I thought kids might say, you know, hearing all their crazy trauma stories that scared the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. And then as I became more, more experienced, not that it doesn't, but you just learn and you're able to sit. So that, that's a big piece of it too. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we end up being exposed to some pretty unthinkable stories as therapists. And again, whether you're a trauma therapist or not. Um, and I was thinking through this the other day, again, with this, the few clients I do see, I'm actually doing some trauma work right now um, with a couple of folks. And sometimes it just strikes me, right? That we're in this position to hear about um, people doing unthinkable things to other people you know, and somehow we have to make sense of that for ourselves and your worldview is going to be tested. 
accordingly. Right. And, um, I don't know what, what thoughts do you have on that in terms of like just being exposed to all this darkness and also trying to still see light in the world and trying to not be jaded and trying to not be paranoid, you know, every time you step out of the house, knowing that a lot of bad shit happens to people every day. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you're right on the money and, um, that's, one of the really difficult challenges of 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 that work specifically the other side to that though is the knowledge that people get better yeah. people can the get resilience. better the, yeah, yeah but it's also your you know the ability that you have to sit with someone or to just witness you know a lot trauma takes away completely robs people, steals people of uh, kind of an ownership and belief in themselves. And when you as a therapist are able to sit there and let them know, either verbally or non-verbally, that it's okay, that it's safe, that in and of itself is so powerful. You know, and it's, again, just having having that presence, being able, uh, willing to sit there and listen to that, um, that in and of itself is healing. Yeah. That's exactly what that person didn't have in, in, in the first place. Yeah. But to, to answer specifically that, that part of the darkness, that's where, um, you know, we use the term self care or self nourishment and, and those words, I think we throw them around so yeah, easily, but, but yeah, exactly. But it's so important to uh, consult with other people, to talk to other people, and to say, and to say, you know, guy, man, I just had this client. Oh my god, you know, we, you need to do that. That's gonna happen. And also to have, I know a lot of people who don't just see, you know, quote unquote trauma sure, clients. Sure, you're gonna go nuts. Yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so part of it is not feeling like you have to have it all figured out or know it all. Or even when you're, you've been in the game for many years, it's knowing, you know, to kind of lean on other therapists. That's definitely a big part of it. And realizing like, there's still a lot we don't know about trauma. Right. And even with, um, all the, the additional research coming out or even brain studies coming out, there's still a lot we don't know about how it, disrupts um one system and and also the the process to getting better um right and it's this i think too you know when you said uh figuring it out or knowing it all that's a big piece too because there's a lot of especially when you when people are working with trauma there's a lot of um not or i should say taking off that clinical hat in a sense and not uh, assuming the the air or the the idea that we do know it all, we we don't, you know, and that and then you're talking about giving back to the client their sense of ownership and meaning, allowing them to find out uh, or or to ascribe meaning to this thing. That's that's a big part of it, because yeah. a lot of times. Uh, that's you use the word, you know, worldview is completely disrupted. And that's what happens. And sure. part of the healing, large, large part of the healing is rediscovering or reattributing uh, a meaning to what's happened. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, I'm really curious to ask you about some other stuff. Um, 
And, and also given that a lot of what we talk about on the show is business building, practice building and entrepreneurship. And, um, why do you think you've been successful? <laughs> you have to define success, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I've had a, I can tell you, I get a lot of emails from people who really enjoy get a lot, uh, yeah. get a lot out of what I'm doing in that sense. Um, you know, I, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know if I can answer that. I love it. You know, yeah. I love what I'm doing. I, um, I'm, I try to be as open and honest as I can when I'm doing what I'm doing. Sure. Um, I, it's a tough one, I don't right? think that's, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough well, question. I, I, let me ask you this because I think it's relevant. Um, and I see a lot of therapists out there or entrepreneurs or whatever trying to differentiate themselves in very saturated markets of any kind, right? Whether it's I'm trying to start a podcast on couples therapy or I'm trying to be the couples therapist in my town. And there's a lot, there ends up being a lot of competition for like the top three slots and where, where three, those three people are all trying to do the same thing. Um, my guess is that in part for, um, for you, it was kind of creating this, this category of podcast or creating the trauma therapist project, right. And creating something new that people really needed that wasn't already kind of in contention, right. Or you, you know what I mean? Like there was first to market, first to market. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. part of it, that and, and, I, I, and doing it well. But I, I think yeah. that, yeah, go ahead. You weren't trying to compete with you weren't looking at another therapist, you know, or trauma therapist podcast and saying, let me try to be, let me try to beat that person. Right. Or let me try to be number two or number one in that category. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. When I was, when I was commuting and I was commuting like an hour and a half each way and listening to all these podcasts, there wasn't a trauma podcast yeah, that, I, that's that right. I could listen to. Um, and that's in part, I mean, big part of why I started it. Um, do you know, the other part, the other part of it is I, I work hard. I try to get it yeah. out there. Um, you know, and again, success has to be, I think, you know, has to be defined. You know, you look at yeah. people all the way on the other end of the continuum, like John Lee Dumas or Pat Flynn yeah. or, you know, Tim Ferriss, I think I was listening to him the other day. These sure. Literally hundreds of thousands of downloads. Definitely. From, you know, so yeah. what's the marker here? But um, I left my, uh, I was able to leave my job, you know, yep. not without some, you know, some bumps and bruises yeah. along the way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, balls up in the air that, that go into this. I mean, you know, there are, and I think people don't always see that. And also I'm getting, what advice do you have for people who are, maybe thinking whether they have an idea worth pursuing, right? And a lot of therapists going, uh, I hear this a lot lately, right? It's therapists who want a passive stream of income and I'm laughing. Well, I'm. it's funny because I'm looking and I have this notification from Pat Flynn in the top right just because I subscribed to his YouTube channel. So it's Pat Flynn, you know, the smart passive income guy telling me how to make passive income. So there's a lot of that and there's a lot of like, everyone is starting a podcast right now and you know, everyone has a YouTube channel and I think therapists are often trying to do 
a lot or they're trying to do all these online business things without necessarily knowing why or not necessarily getting the gains that they think they're going to get from them. So like, you know, what would you say to those therapists who are maybe trying to do something outside of just sitting across from clients all day? Yeah, that's a, that's an, that's a really good question too. And I think, um, you know, and again, I, I got to preface this. I, I, I'm not the expert here. I mean, I, (laughs) you know, I can only give you what I, what I, feel and know. And I think, um, the, one of the first things is you have to ask yourself, what do you want out of it? Right. You know, what is your, what is your goal? Do you want, you know, to leave your job and just do that? Or do you want to have this other thing that you do? Uh, do you want to create a couple bucks, uh, at the end of the month as a result of it? I think that's a really important question. What, if you're going to start something like that, aside from just seeing clients, why are you doing that? Is it right. is it a marketing thing? You know, right. all of which could be fine, but I think you've got to get really clear on that. Yeah. Well, and are you going to enjoy doing it? Right? Because I can't tell you <laughs> how different this world is. There, there's something very different and something very, um, to me, something very like. Uh, clean and almost easy at times when I go in and see my clients and all, all I need to do there is sit with that client for those 50 minutes and do my best in that session and be focused. And then I transition to this other world of, of working online and it's like setting up, you know, email funnels, making sales calls, setting up a lead page. What's a Facebook pixel and my Facebook ads are broken. And there's this whole webinar series I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? And like, it's, it's just madness. (laughs) after a while and it's so different from sitting there and and going from my one job is to help this person with their pain right now and we're doing that through a 50 minute therapy session a 50 minute dialogue to this other world where there's a hundred moving parts and I will tell you my own experience some of it can feel like going back to school again you know what I mean because we didn't learn this stuff you don't know what you didn't learn what a lead page was in (laughs) graduate school um and now all of a sudden especially if you don't have a tech background or marketing background um there's a steep learning curve I think that some folks don't see or they just see oh you know guy has this podcast and it's great and he's able to leave his job and um I want to do that too or I want passive income so, yeah. Now I'm just rambling, but you yeah. Get it. Well, no, I'm, you're you're hitting all the you're hitting all the marks here. I mean, it's you know, I I, I recently heard really there is no really true passive no. income. I mean, it's no. it's it's a lot of work, and there. What's happened for me, and again, I'll share my own experience, is that there's been an identity shift. Yes. It's yeah. like okay, so what am I? You know, I was working, you know, when I was working at this clinic for five years and I was working with these kids, I loved it. I loved it. But there was something else that was digging at me, you know, and it it was this other major pillar of who I am. And it's kind of reaching out and bringing people together. Um, And with that has, I'm kind of like, okay, guy, what do you do? What is it you're doing now? You know, that's a, that's a a kind of a thing that I'm, I'm going through and I'm, and I'm, it's a lot about owning who I am, you know? I like So yeah, yeah, it's, and it's not always easy. Yeah. But I think if people want to, uh, do, I would encourage people to do it try it, you know, but again, get really clear on why you're doing it. That's right. 
you know, and you brought up, there's all these moving pieces in, in, in it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's challenging, but what the hell isn't right. For sure. And I think, yeah, it's, you know, doing something with intention versus doing it because you think you should be doing it or you see the other another therapist in your office starting a podcast and thinking that's going to be the thing to get me more clients so I should do that you know and it it's I, I don't so I do a lot of branding work with therapists right and I do a lot of kind of copywriting work lately and helping them develop taglines and um, compelling copy and clarifying their message to potential clients, right? And one thing that I have them do is I have them identify their mission statement as if you were a big company, right? Um, right. Because even the largest companies, when you get large, it's even more important to have a really clear mission, right? And um, for example, like, and we have to go beyond just what the product is. So your your mission can't just be to do therapy or to help people, you know, you have to kind of go one step further than that. Um, so you think about a company like, uh, like Facebook, right. And I've used this example before, you know, the mission is not to create Facebook and create a place, you know, where people can like and share and post it. it the mission is to make the world a more connected place. Right. 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 And so everything they do kind of comes back to that. So this is a roundabout way of explaining that I think for therapists and for entrepreneurs to think about what is your personal mission statement, that way it's going to be a lot more clear. It's going to be a lot clearer to for, for yourself to go, am I on target? Am I not? Am, am, am I on target? Am I, am I way off? Am I just chasing you know shiny objects along the way? Um, it's, it's a hard yeah, question, I, but yeah. I, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question too because it... it, it, it um, uh, kind of dials in on their mission, but it also really kind of illuminates their own personality in a sense. For sure. You know, what, what, uh, ignites you. And that could be really difficult because it asks you to kind of talk about things that, um, though might make you different and unique and awesome. Maybe you're not even aware of a, or maybe you not too proud of B, you know, but it, it, it also, and that's something that I've been doing too. You know, I think, I think that's a good thing. The other, the other piece of that is, you know, following up, following up on what you're talking about, a podcast might not be great for, you know, Sally over there and it might be doing something else, you know, that, that's the other thing too. Um, so that, that, so anyway, yeah, for sure. Well, what, um, what are, what are the challenges that you're facing now in your work or what are, what are some of the things that kind of like, well, well, you brought up the business thing. I mean, I didn't go to business school. I have no business background. I have no marketing background. I have no sales background. I have none of that stuff. I'm like, (laughs) you know, when I was commuting, that's how I got my education. I was listening to all these podcasts. What what were you listening to at the time? Oh man, I was listening to John Lee Dumas, which was a big one. I mean, just to hear over and over and over and over again, all these people from all different walks of life making it happen. I'm like, come on, come on. Everyone's not a, not an Einstein. I'm not an Einstein. Something's got to give here, you know, but it, it just really empowers you to, to step up and take a chance. I mean, Pat Flynn and just 
you know, all the, all the podcasts yeah. I was listening to, um, I just found them so inspiring. And then I started reaching out to people on these podcasts and, you know, um, and just talking to them. And that too was really empowering too. And it just, for me, um, it, it's t- taking action, just doing it. What was, there's this one phrase. I mean, if you listen to these podcasts, all these phrases keep popping up again, you know, done is better than perfect. Sure. I love all that. The time. Yep. That's my mantra, you know, just get it out there, try it. And there's just a certain level of me trying to bring myself more and more into what I'm doing. That's a challenge. Yeah. That's, that's a challenge. Huge. And I'm coming into that, you know, just kind of, um, uh, just trying to be who the hell I am. And that's not always easy, uh, because you're online and you're on screen and blah, 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 blah. And you, you know, yep. so yeah, that's, that's a big challenge. So, uh, my experience is that it goes, it's kind of like an hourglass in a way because you get you take this inspiration from a lot of big players or a lot of people like John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, Tim Ferriss. And it's like, okay, they're doing something extraordinary. And so maybe you start there and you say, okay, I'm going to do this entrepreneur thing. And in my experience, sometimes we, we end up trying to look like these other people or trying to, you know, emulate kind of what we see working for them. And then at some point, I think when you've been doing it for a little while, you start to really come into your own, and maybe, and it's the same process of becoming a therapist, right? There's a time where you're sitting there and you feel really awkward and you can't believe that you're in the therapist chair all of a sudden and you're sitting really stiff and you're like, holy shit, this is, this is really happening. And it's the same thing with being an entrepreneur, right? At some point it feels, it might feel kind of stiff for a while. It might feel like, do I belong here? Right? Do I really belong here? How am I different? What is my, where is my voice? And then at some point I think you learn to kind of relax and you just go, you know, this, this is who I am and that's ultimately what's going to work and that's what's going to sell. You know, if we talk about sales, it's like, um, there's so much noise out there in the world and there's so much data and information that if you are just adding more noise to the picture, people aren't really going to be compelled by it. Right. So like you said, kind of giving yourself permission to just let go of, of, of these ideas of what you should be or trying to emulate, you know, big players and stuff and just going, I've, I've just got to be me, you know, and that's really hard to do. That's really cliche, but it's really golden, right? It is golden and it is difficult to do. Um, you know, and I, I won't deny it. Of course. Uh, you know, you, all those people you mentioned, you're like, Oh my God. Um, but the, the power of connecting, um, is, so, so vibrant and clear and authentic when you're able to just let down that damn wall and just become, be who you are. And it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, you, you, you brought up the, the therapist kind of entrepreneur parallel in a sense. And it is true as a therapist, I know for myself, I, uh, when I was in graduate school, I was like, Again, I had gone back to school when I was 36. So I'd been out for a while. I had been in therapy um, and loved it and got a lot out of it. And when I got to school, I I knew I wanted to get into trauma. And I was like, give me the book. Give me the workshop. What's that specific conference that I need to go to that's going to make me a trauma therapist? 
I wasn't giving honor to that other part that I was talking about, which was, you know, uh, myself and who I was and, and owning that. I wasn't bringing that to the equation. And as a result, I did go through this, this long kind of arduous process of learning how to own my, myself in that therapy setting. And that was a big, that was a big learning experience for me too. So this process of you know, being an entrepreneur and uh, owning that is something that uh, is it, just so important. Yeah, um, I, I love I love that topic. Yeah, that's really valuable. So let me ask you this: So if as we wrap up here, if there was one thing that you want therapists to know right now, what, what would it be? The importance of owning who you are, the importance of owning who you are and the role that plays in the therapy, in the relationship. You know, it's not so much, um, you know, in, in, within the context of trauma, like, you know, getting Bessel van der Kolk's book and turn it to page 32 and getting that amazing intervention or uh, whatever book. It, it's about you being able to be comfortable with yourself in that room with that person and being a real human being there, that is gold. That is, I think, one thing that I, I, I would say. That's great stuff. Guy, I'm going to have to have you on the show again. We've got, we've got more to talk about and a, I'd love to, a man. lot of overlap. Awesome. So man, I appreciate you being here. Um, so how can people, what do you have going on right now and how can people, um, get in touch or follow along with what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, the, people can, uh, find me at the trauma therapist I have my podcast there. I have a membership site for, uh, new trauma clinicians offer support and inspiration. And, um, just hit me up there. Um, I'd be Perfect. happy to uh, offer your listeners um, uh, a discount on on anything I have, so they can just say, you know, oh, I heard you on John Clark's podcast, Perfect. and I'll I'll hook you guys up. So awesome, excellent. We'll we'll include um, some links in the show notes as well to your different sites and and stuff like that. So um, so yeah, there you have it, um, guy. Thanks again for being here, man, and I'll I'll, I'll see you next time. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Cheers. All right. As always, I so appreciate you being here today, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this show on iTunes and go ahead and leave us a review while you're at it. Um, I also want to thank, again, our sponsor today, Spruce Health. Highly recommend checking them out, and you can get 20% off your first year with them at sprucehealth.com forward slash ppw. That's sprucehealth.com forward slash ppw. All right, I hope you have a great week, and I'll see you next time.